0: It is easy and often tempting to BS, but much harder to clean up afterwards. So says Daniel Deasy, associate professor of philosophy at UCD. Uh, he was speaking in a piece in the Irish Times. Uh, he joins us now, uh, Daniel. Hello. You actually have a course on BS
1: in UCD, and apparently it's one of the most
0: popular courses in the uh, in the college.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I have a module called uh, a course called critical thinking in uh, critical thinking in UCD. And um, it's a first year course. I've been running it for about 10 years and it gets around 500 students. So it sells out most years. Uh, During COVID, I had 600 students online. And it's a course where we think about, amongst other things, bullshit, um, how to spot it, how to deal with it. Uh, There is a lot of bullshit around at the moment. Is it particularly because of social media, do you think? Um, I think that I think, well, there's always been bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and it's always been worth making the distinction between lies and bullshit and I think that's really important so I'd start there so the distinction is that the liar is trying to direct you away from the truth so the liar has to know what they think is true to tell a lie and it's actually quite difficult to lie effectively okay. because you're, you're constantly kind of shifting people away from the truth the bullshitter by definition doesn't care whether what they're saying is true so the idea is it's much easier to bullshit than it is to lie. So is it like one is immoral and the other is kind of amoral? Is that kind of it? Exactly. So the bullshitter could be bullshitting for all sorts of reasons. The key thing is they've got some other aim that has nothing to do with what they're actually saying. So if you think of social media, it's a perfect example, I think. You just mentioned social media. What's the aim of the content on social media? Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, the aim is to sell advertising, get clicks, gain, a po- gain popularity, gain a profile, etc, etc. You know, to kind of raise people's feelings, basically. Yeah. I often think on social media as
0: well, it's about reaffirming your views and, yeah. and finding the facts
1: in adverted commas yeah. to reaffirm your, your, your view of the world. You've, you've you 've absolutely nailed it, so one of the things I teach in my course is um, I teach them about cognitive biases, so I teach them about the sort of standard errors in reasoning that people make, and the the sort of major cognitive bias is what we call motivated reasoning so this is the idea that we naturally we naturally see evidence that supports the views that we already have, and we ignore things that don 't fit with the story we 've told ourselves or with the beliefs we already have so that means that whenever you're presented with information, you're just going to notice the things that confirm the view you already have. That's a natural disposition. And what the social media companies do is they use those facts about human reasoning to, 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 to design their content. Yeah. So they're, they're using the very things that I'm using, to te- teaching the students about, saying, you know, here's a warning. Here's how we normally reason. You need to protect yourself against these biases. They're using those biases against us. How do we do that?
0: How do we... uh, What do you say to your students? How do they counter bullshit?
1: So my my advice to the students is to develop certain habits. So it's not a question of intelligence. That's really important. It's not about becoming smarter, you know, becoming a mathematician or a logician, someone who's able to, you know, look at statistics. It's much, much simpler than that. It's developing certain kinds of dispositions that... Um, that mitigate the bad habits we already have. So, for example, just going more slowly, you know, being willing not to form an opinion, uh, thinking about what you're not seeing. So whenever you see something, think, what am I not seeing here? What, you know, uh, thinking about the source of your evidence. So where am I getting this information from? Who's giving it to me? What's their motive? How would I feel about it if I'd had, you know, if I'd got it from a different source, if I'd had different experiences uh, uh, in the past, that yeah. made me react differently.
0: Uh, again, I'm, as you're saying it, I'm thinking all the things that social media don't do, you know, yeah. take your time, uh, yeah. form an opinion, think about it. It's just jump in, isn't it? And give your, give your,
1: give your yeah. top and halfpenny. Exactly. And it's designed to appeal to the dispositions, the habits that we already have. So they're, they are explicitly taking advantage of the the sort of psychological habits they know we have and they're using it against us. So I really do think there's a kind of a, a, a war, in a sense, to, to use a, a very strong term, that people need to protect themselves. Uh, they need to, and this should. I think this should be done very early on. Uh, you know, do you remember the famous line, was it Michael Gove during the, the Brexit
0: referendum? People yeah. have had enough of experts. Yeah. Does that does that all feed into the, the, the BS kind of world that we live in?
1: I think it helps an awful lot, because it, it really helps when... when you know, if, you, if your job is to spread bullshit, it really helps to minimise what are normally taken to be trusted voices. Because then you can, you know, you can, as it were, sideline those and you can introduce all sorts of new content that people wouldn't have taken seriously before. So I think there's a, there's a kind of a systematic breakdown of the sort of the bonds of trust that we have in society uh, at the level of expertise, at the level of government, at the level of social institutions that we used to trust. And that suits... The kind of disruptors, the social media companies who want to introduce more bullshit into the ecosystem. Okay. So I think undermining experts just fits with that whole pattern. Just before you go, tell us what the bullshit asymmetry principle is. I love this. So the bullshit asymmetry principle says that um, it's far easier to bullshit than to clean it up afterwards. So <laughs> the key thing is, you know, it's all of us can bullshit, but actually putting the... Once you've introduced bullshit into the ecosystem, actually getting rid of it afterwards is very difficult. And if you think about conspiracy theories, once they're out there, they're how do you, how to do you put it back in the box? Okay. Do you despair as a, as a, as I, a lecturer? Or? I don't
0: despair. I, I know you're going to tell me that as a philosophy professor. <laughs> despair is not part of your
1: lexicon, is it? Oh, sometimes I feel despair like everyone else at certain times and certain situations, but when I see the students... I have a huge number of students and they they really want to improve their critical thinking skills. They really care and they don't want to do it because they want to win arguments or support conspiracy theories or, you know, work in social media. They want to reason better because... They want to be able to do good in the world. So when I see the students every year, it makes me very optimistic. Okay, that's a, a positive note uh, to end on. Uh, Daniel DC, Associate
0: Professor of Philosophy at UCD, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast. Thanks Let us know how you feel, folks, about BS 087 1400 106. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.